Hello friends and good morning. Happy Wednesday. So yesterday I talked about how I became a uh, professional speaker and a certified complaint-free trainer. So today you're in for a treat. <laughs> I had this thought. I'm like, you know what? I kind of, there's just, there's just this thing inside of me that even though I teach people like how to not complain, part of me is like, I just want to go off about some just dumb shit sometimes. And so I'm going to share just a few things that kind of annoy me and don't make sense and I'm gonna complain about it. So um, here we go. Okay, complaint number one, pharmaceutical commercials. I know you've seen them, you've probably complained as well, but do they really think that by whatever their drug is curing, right? They, they go on about, oh, this is gonna make, you know, they have these lifestyle commercials, husband and wife holding hands, everything's peachy, wonderful. And they tell you how this drug is going to solve dry skin, whatever it is, right? Because your, your life is miserable with this dry skin. It's itchy, flaky, whatever. And they tell you the name of this crazy drug, right? It's usually some, a bunch of scrambled together letters that they've concocted to create the name of this drug. You know, Zandifir curling iron makeup remover wipe, whatever. I'm doing my makeup, by the way. That's why I came up with those. Because um, I like to talk to you while I'm, getting ready in the morning kind of go through my thoughts anyhow so you've seen the commercials right you know what I'm talking about and then in the most pleasant tone like you're just not going to get the gravity of the situation if they say it in like you might get and say it seriously and all of that so that when they go over the side effects do they really think that you're just not going to like hear what they're truly saying they're like Zandifafir curling iron makeup wipes will solve your um, your dry skin and flaking problems. May cause ass cancer. You might get erectile dysfunction and your balls could fall off. But take this now and really clear up that dry skin. Like what the fuck, <laughs> right? And it's always like, you know, whatever the whatever the thing is that you're struggling with, it's like the side effects are like ten times what you're already struggling with you know dry skin get ass cancer what and i and i trust me i worked in the medical field i know that the side effects are a potential of happening not that they are going to happen but the fact that that's even on the menu yeah no no thank you okay so moving on i just paused it so i'm hoping there wasn't like a long like, I might go back and listen to it. Not that I want to edit it. I promised you no edits. So if there's a long pause, I will remove it. Anyways, okay. Next complaint. Ladies, you've seen the TV shows, the movies. Um, we This just happened. And I forget what the heck we were even watching. But it was this couple who, like, lived in an apartment and whatever the whatever the situation was, right? They went through some hard times blah, blah, blah. And like at the end of the movie, like the husband pulls up and, you know, the wife's blindfolded or whatever. And he gets her out of the car and it's like, I bought you a house. And the woman's like, oh my God, this is wonderful. I'm sorry. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Tell me a woman who wants someone to buy her a house without her ever seeing it. Cause you know what happened. The guy looked at, what, the garage? And is there, you know, a man cave in the house, you know, in the yard? You know, we're a lot more specific of what our needs are. You know, they probably have like four kids and it's like a one-bedroom house. 
I, <laughs> it drives me nuts when I see this. I'm like, oh, you just picked out like this and call me petty. You can call me petty if you want. I don't mind. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way. Maybe somebody else will just be so thankful. I guess something's better than nothing, but I just call bullshit. I, <laughs> if my husband like went out and just bought a house without telling me, without me seeing it or having any input, like, sure, like it would be great, especially if we were living in an apartment or somewhere, whatever, you know, like, yeah, there would be like a moment of, oh, wow, this is really amazing. But then it would like sink in like, what the hell? Like, this is where we're going to live for, you know, however long. Why would you not let me pick this out? <laughs> you know, because, you know, maybe the kitchen's super small or it's like not, I, I don't know. Tell me, you'll have to tell me. You have to email. So email me at info at wendybabcock.com. And you have to tell me your thoughts on this. Would you be extremely thankful, which yes, I'd be thankful, but there would be that element of what the hell, dude, if you have the money, let me help pick out the house if I'm going to live there. You know, I mean, thankfully, my husband and I have um, very similar tastes. So when we were picking out houses, like we liked pretty much all the same things of the houses that we liked. We're like, oh, this part's great. This part, like we had like very similar tastes. But what about those couples who one couple wants like <clears throat> a house with like tons of history, um, you know, something that's a hundred years old that needs to be re, you know, refinished or whatever, have like walls knocked out and um, electric, the whole electrical system done, new roof, whatever. And they want to do all of that. But then their partner is like, no, I don't want to mess with that. I just want a, a more modern house. I want it to be carefree, move in, live there and be happy. So imagine those two people, right? And then the husband decides, I'm going to surprise my wife and buy a 140-year-old house that's basically falling down. But you know what? She should be grateful because we were living in an apartment. I'm sorry, but I'm not buying it. So you have to let me your thoughts. Am I just being petty or do you agree? Let me know. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is it's pretty petty. I'm going to admit it. It's pretty petty of me. Because I know, this is regarding business and entrepreneurship, I know that sometimes you have to kind of fake your way to get to where you want to go. Like, I, I get that mindset, totally do. But here's what drives me nuts, is when um, coaches and entrepreneurs, are, they are launching something, right? It's going to change your world, make you millions of dollars, and they've got the secret, but... It's not shown by how they're living and what they're doing in their business. Does that bother anybody else? Like I see these coaches who are like, make six and seven figures with my proven system. And you see, or you know them and you're like, you're not living that life. So how are you promising somebody else? And I get that sometimes it's about, you know, we, we teach that thing that we most need to learn ourselves. You know, like maybe we don't have the follow through, but we can teach somebody who can do that, but it, it still kind of bugs me. And I know that it's hard. This, this is a hard one, even though I'm being petty about it. Like I kind of get it at the same time, like somebody who does social media marketing for businesses, right? They're like, you know, gain 10,000 followers this month. Uh, let me work on your social media and we'll, you know, guaranteed all these followers. But then you look at their pages and they've got like 250 followers. You're like, okay, but if you can do this, why aren't you doing this? But on the other, so here's the flip side of the coin. Here's where I'm going to play 
uh, devil's advocate here for this is usually those people are working so hard on other people's businesses they're not focusing on their own right so I kind of feel like sorry my, my towel is like falling off my head and it's driving me crazy let me fix it okay <clears throat> again so I kind of get like they're busy working on their client stuff so they don't have time to work on their own but I don't know it just it kind of comes off as inauthentic then you know and so this year all right so let me go back so pre-pandemic pre-pandemic I was speaking often not not non-stop not like um, consistently but I was speaking you know I don't even know how many times I was speaking like maybe every other month like it wasn't you know I wasn't speaking 52 times a year 100 times a year whatever but I was speaking somewhat consistently and getting paid to speak I should clarify that getting paid to speak um, and then when the pandemic hit you know I switched gears I opened a networking company and I did that for a while but then when everything was opening back up um, besides wanting to get back into speaking more I wanted to start coaching uh, mostly women I coach anybody but I mainly wanted to coach female entrepreneurs of how to get on more stages and get paid to speak so I was really focusing on my my coaching business and well yes I had I had like the the track record of you know getting paid to speak and being on a lot of stages there was a part of me this year that kind of was like I thought I started to feel inauthentic because it felt like I well and it wasn't feel like I wasn't going out and searching for speaking gigs like paid speaking gigs because I was busy building my coaching business but then like then I got thinking I'm like well I'm not even doing the thing that I'm teaching right now I'm not I'm not out there getting paid to speak so <laughs> you know are people thinking this thing about me like well yeah we know she used to speak but she's not doing it anymore so like you know how is she teaching everybody like the newest trends and what to do in the speaking industry so like I, I, I realized I wanted to change that and this is my own interpretation of like what people might be thinking this is not everybody some people probably didn't maybe some people didn't care maybe they were just like well I know she speaks or did speak and I don't care if she's still doing it I don't know that so I, I mean I can't be for sure if that's what people were thinking but I'm like you know I I want to get out there and show people that yes people are hiring speakers now um, for next year so I started um, looking for speaking gigs um, Will Bowen's assistant has also been kind of handing it's kind of like a hand-me-down system which is really awesome I love it so Will Bowen garners like a much higher wage or, or much higher speaking fee than I get because he's a, he's a, he's considered a celebrity right he's been on Oprah people magazine the whole works this is his baby complaint free world is his thing he started it in 2006 blah 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 so anyway so he gets a much higher fee than I get so what his assistant has been doing is she's kind of acting as like a, a speaking agency with me so what happens is when someone's like oh we, we can't we cannot afford will but we love the complaint free message like we're so bummed and then she'll come back and be like well guess what I've got great news for you it's Wendy Babcock <laughs> Wendy gives the same presentation that will gives using her own stories and style but you'll learn the same the same complaint free message and you know she charges significantly less than will does because obviously I'm not a celebrity so I mean <clears throat> that's cool um, and I really enjoy and then of course she gets a percentage because she's booking me she handles the contracts the money the whole thing for me which is 
freaking awesome. Um, and I love, I love booking gigs that way because it's less work for me. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, I really need to be doing this too. I, you know, it's, it's great if she can book me, but I need to be out there searching, you know, and finding like the best ways if things have changed of how to book gigs and whatnot. And so I started getting out there and speaking just to kind of show that I'm doing the thing. And I, and I kind of wish more businesses would do this. And I know it's, it's probably a time management thing when you have a bunch of clients and you're trying to build their business. So that's kind of a little complaint I have. And again, it's just, it's just mindset and it's petty and I get it, but it's one of those things that I kind of complain about under my breath. So if you think I'm all nicey-nicey all the time, I'm kind of not. <laughs> I can be judgmental just like everybody else. Um, which brings me to my next point. I run a group called the Kindness Bucket Brigade. Okay, and this started in 2019. And it was all about online bullying and stopping it. But the pandemic hit and like the group kind of, it didn't fizzle because we still have like 6.9 thousand members or something. But the movement and how we were doing it has shifted. So the original way the group worked was um, when you saw somebody being bullied and harassed online, you would comment something kind to the person being bullied. You, you don't address the haters because we know that just stokes their fire. Um, and then you tag a member of the group because usually like you have friends in the group, whatever. You tag members of the group who will then come in and they will leave a kind comment and then they will tag somebody. So it was like literally this bucket brigade of kindness. And it was working for a while. Uh, then what happened was the pandemic hit, um, politics started like destroying friendships and relationships and tensions were really high. And so I kind of, I was kind of at that point where like, I think if we were to continue doing the kindness bucket brigade, even though it's helpful, the problem is, the problem is, is that people at that point needed to be heard, even if they were, even if they were being a little bit hateful or whatever, everybody was feeling stressed and they were needing to vent, find their bearings. And so I'm like, you know, if we, if we, if we start coming on there and trying to like be not, I don't know. I just felt like it was, it was not the right place. I felt like we, it was in a time and space in the world where everyone just needed to be able to let their voices be heard because I thought that the kindness bucket brigade would actually make things worse instead of making things better. So that was my point of view. And so the, the group then became a place for people to mainly post positive and kind uh, memes and things. So it's kind of fizzled and like we used to get, like when it first started, we were having like hundreds of posts a day, which was wonderful. But then again, pandemic hit, everyone's focus shifted and um, yeah, so that, that happened. So anyways, my point is because I was running this group, you know, people thought I needed to be like this perfect human all of a sudden. Like if I was unhappy with something or if I voiced my opinion about anything, um, I would get called out like, oh, miss, you know, you run this whole kindness group and now you have this opinion. How is that kind? But it's like, you know what? Nobody, I don't care who the frick you are. If you're Mr. Rogers, nobody is a perfect human kind 100% of the time. Because guess what? We all have freaking opinions. And just because my opinions differ doesn't mean it's not that I'm not a kind person. And that's what I was getting. And it was so frustrating so frustrating um yeah so 
I just kind of want to, I don't know why I had, I don't know that I needed to address it, but it just was something that was kind of bugging me. Like when people are like, um, oh, that was the other thing. So within, inside the group, what happened in the beginning was um, we let everybody in, right? It doesn't matter who you are. Like you have to request to join because we had to put it to private because people were sharing like, you know, more personal stories of kindness and that kind of thing. And I'm like, you know, we should probably, we should probably lock this down a little bit just for more privacy, but everyone can still join. It's open to everybody. <clears throat> and the only people that kicked out are people who are being unkind. But we, there was four, was it four of us? Four admin or moderators at the time. We didn't just kick people out. Like we had full on discussions inside of like a chat, a chat thing. Um, and we would discuss it like, okay, this person did this, it's getting reported. Was it truly unkind? Was it just an opinion? we would sometimes just warn that person, be like, hey, look, we get it. You know, we tried to be nice about it. We didn't just kick people out of the group, you know, which I think is different from other groups. Um, but if they did it again, obviously we would take different a different stance on it. Or if people were just outright like hateful, like if it was something that was kind of, kind of unforgivable, then yeah, they got banned from the group. Um, <clears throat> but where's it going with that? Everybody was invited to, to be in the group. And what happened was I would get messages from people. They're like, you let so-and-so in your group and they were extremely mean to me in the grocery store line and they're a bully. And my, my point of view always was, okay, well then they belong in my group. You know, and they didn't understand that. They're like, why would you let somebody who's a bully in your group? Because it's an anti-bullying group. I'm like, the reason why we do that is because sometimes kindness can be learned. Kindness, compassion. Some people didn't grow up that way. And so they're hurt people hurting people. And my thought was if they're exposed to more kindness, if they're exposed to people coming together and trying to make a better world, maybe, just maybe, they'll jump on the bandwagon, they'll learn some tools, they'll figure it out, and be better people. So my thought was, yeah, if somebody's a bully, add them to the group, please. We, we want them, because we want to change the people who think it's okay to be trolls and awful online. You know, we don't want them to be that way. So anyways, um, so that was interesting. All right, I had to blow dry my hair, so I'm going to pause this and I'll be back. Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> I had to blow dry really quick. So hopefully I don't hit the microphone as I'm trying to curl my hair. All right, the next complaint and the last one for today is actually about myself. <laughs> so I hope you don't mind that I kind of uh, complain a little bit about myself and my personality and I think how people might perceive me and, and I could be 100% wrong but but here's my thought I'm really outgoing on social media I post a lot people comment like you post a lot on social media I'm like yeah I'd love to share I'm a very open person whoa the, our whole house just shook I don't know what that was but you're a witness <laughs> that was weird okay so anyways um where's it going with that oh so I'm really extroverted online um and then like when I host my own event I'm very extroverted there like I want to keep the energy up and keep everybody engaged and, you know, get them up on their feet dancing. Like everything's like, woohoo. Um, but <laughs> here's the part I want to complain about myself about. When I'm out in public, you know, just let's say I'm at the grocery store uh, back home where, where, where we came from and someone comes up and wants to talk to me. Like all of a sudden I'm like little miss shy pants and I get really nervous and I'm like extremely <laughs> introverted then. And it drives me nuts. And plus, here's the other problem. 
So a lot of people know me through Facebook, you know, people that were local that maybe we hadn't even met in person before, but we've been friends on Facebook for like ever, um, right? And so I know them by their name, not necessarily by their face, um, depending on what their profile picture is. And so what will happen or what used to happen, it doesn't happen now that I moved really, but um, I'd be at the grocery store and someone would be like, oh, hey, Wendy, how's it going? How's Dexter? How's this? You know, and I'm being really friendly and I'm, and I'm talking to them, but like at the same time, I have no idea who the hell I'm talking to. And... I hate that about myself. I mean, I'm sure other people have that issue, but like I am terrible about, and then I like try and go on Facebook. I'm like, I know, I know who that person is. Like they look familiar, but like, and as soon as I see their name, then if I find them, I'm like, oh, duh. And I hate that I do that because I just don't ever want someone to feel like they're unimportant to me. Like when they come up and say hi or something, um, not that I'm anything special, but I never want someone to feel like she had no freaking idea who I was. <laughs> You know, and because that would make somebody feel pretty shitty, especially if we've been Facebook friends for a long time. So and I and I, I always like say, like, I, I'm really bad with names and I truly am. But I feel like it's also kind of an excuse where I could probably try a little harder, you know, so I, I kind of drive myself a little crazy in that arena. Like, I feel like I, sh I need to find a tool. Like people have told me certain things like to repeat the person's name after you meet them. But like, what do you do if you're out in public, though? And it's somebody who you're friends with in a networking group, on social media, that you haven't really met in person. And you know each other through social media, but not so much in person. And now, like, you don't remember this person's name. Like, how do you nicely ask somebody, like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, what's your name? Because I feel like such an asshole doing that. And so I usually don't. Like, I, I won't say that I don't recognize the person. Like, usually it's like, okay, yeah, this is a Facebook friend. Just from the conversation, I can kind of tell like, you know, how we know each other, or if it's somebody from a networking group that we're both in, like, you know, I can kind of tell, but I hate that I feel like an asshole <laughs> over that. And then the other thing is, I, I also kind of feel like when, when I'm actually out in public, because I am, I am pretty shy, I'll be honest, I'm pretty shy, even though I can put on my extroverted hat sometimes, I'm shy, I'm an introvert, Introvert doesn't always, doesn't necessarily mean shy. Introvert means that you basically absorb other people's energy and it wears you out. So introvert doesn't mean shy. Okay, but I can be very shy and I don't know. I feel like I might come off as stuck up. No one's ever said that to me, but I feel like when I'm, like I kind of felt that way, like when I was at a conference last week, I kind of feel like I kind of stick to myself a little bit. Um, and I'm nervous just to walk up and say hi to people when I want to, there might be somebody across the room. I'm like, Oh, I really should say hi to that person. Like I do know them, you know, but then I'm like, ah, they're already talking to somebody else. I don't want to interrupt, but like, <laughs> so I just kind of stand there. And I think, I wonder if people think I'm just being such a snob, like, well, she's not even talking to anybody. Like she's not approaching anybody, you know? And then when they do approach me, like sometimes I just feel a little bit more reserved I don't know how to explain it, but anyway, so if you've ever thought that I'm stuck up, I understand it because I feel like that sometimes. I feel like, man, people must think I'm just such a snob. Like I'm so outgoing on social media and then I get in person and I'm just like, oh God, someone's going to talk to me <laughs> and I get really nervous about it. And then I like, I fumble through my words because I'm like trying to be a good human and like <laughs> carry on a conversation where in my head I'm feeling super awkward, super shy and unsure of myself, self-conscious, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people do that, but anyhow, I just felt like I had a complaint about myself there because I feel, I really feel like that's a thing. And I, I, you'll have to let me know if you're that person too, you know, 
And so with this podcast, which it's not even like a real podcast, because I don't, it's not fancy, it's just me, basically, it's like a, more like a diary, I would say, like a public diary in a way. <laughs> so I, there's really not places for comments. I did see that on the platform. Um, maybe there is, actually on Kajabi, where it's hosted, My anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so if you do have questions, comments, something that you would like to hear me talk about, you can email me, and I'll put the email on the show notes, um, at info, I-N-F-O, at windybabcock.com. Tell me what you want to hear about, you know, or if you think I'm just kind of an asshole, you're free to tell me that, too, if you're like, wow, that was really petty, Wendy. When you did that complaining episode, like, wow, didn't know you were that person, <laughs> and that's fine. But you know what? I, I just, I want to be as authentic as I humanly can, because I don't feel like people know each other anymore. I think... Yeah, we all put the highlight reel on. I think that's why I overshare because I want you to see all aspects of my life, not just the, you know, oh, I'm on stage talking or I'm coaching or life is wonderful. You know, I want you to see that it was a struggle making the decision to move away from home, our home that we'd been at for, you know, my husband had lived there his whole life in that town, you know, and so it was a big decision. We're glad we made it, but like, you know, I wanted to talk about that. You know, and then like our decision, like, okay, here's another thing. Um, we went with a realtor that was from the area we were moving to because I wanted to make new connections. Um, she was the realtor that had the house um, for sale that we, we originally bid on. And so our thought was, you know, who's going to be more motivated to sell our house than the person who could honestly get like twice the commission, <laughs> you know? And so that's what we did. Plus, we had a lot of friends that were realtors back home and it's like, we're going to piss somebody off. Somebody's going to be upset we didn't go with them because we went with another local competition. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to, I just, I didn't want to cause that, you know? And so I just, you know, everyone can be pissed off then. And I got, you know, there was some gossip from that got back to me, um, whether it was true or not. Um, but it is what it is. Like, we just had to do what was best for us. We really wanted to sell the house fast. So it wasn't against anybody or slighting anybody or whatever, but also like if there was gossip, literally nobody came to us. Nobody ever said a word to us that if they were upset. So like, I don't know if it truly was a thing <laughs> or if it was just, you know, I, I don't know. But I think people need to be more honest about stuff. Like if you were really like pissed off because I didn't go with, you know, somebody local, because I do believe in local business. But also, like, local business for us then was shifting. You know, I wanted to have a nice contact with our new realtor in the area we were moving to. So, anyhow. Um, yeah, so if you have any questions, you can always reach out, email me. Um, I'm more than willing to be open and, and chat. So, that's, that's today's episode. Um, wasn't super long. I'm going to try and keep these, like, half an hour or less because I'm literally curling my hair right now because I have a three-day... Um, paid speaker boot camp today, tomorrow, and Friday. So I'm just getting ready for that. And then I'll be on the in the idea collective tonight talking about how to find your signature talk. So I'm excited about that. Okay, guys. Friends, I will talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>